In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Let me read some verses from 1 Timothy, chapter 6, starting from verse 20. O Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. By professing it, some have strayed concerning the faith. Grace be with you. Amen. Also, I like to read two verses from 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. Hold fast the pattern of sound words, which you have heard from me in faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. In these two passages from the scripture, St. Paul instructing Timothy to guard that which was committed to your trust. And we need to understand what he meant by that which was committed to your trust. Simply, it means our faith. So, he's saying to Timothy, guard this faith. God entrusted you with this faith. You need to guard it and fight for it. This instruction is not only to Timothy, but to all of us. Especially, there are many challenges against our faith. From the beginning of Christianity, the fathers, the apostles, were tortured and martyred because of the faith. And over the 2,000 years, there are challenges. But nowadays, these challenges are more and beyond any other time. For example, he told him the profane and idle babblings in First Timothy chapter 6, verse 20. Profane is something very, very disappointed to God. Something against what God is saying is holy. So, he said to Timothy, one of the challenges, you will find profane and idle babblings. And nowadays, many people want to rebel against the law of God, either in sexuality or in purity or in who determine the life and death of a person or even embryo. These are profane, profane and idle babblings. So he said to Timothy, guard that which was committed to your trust, 
And he's saying to all of us, guard that which was committed to your trust, your faith, against these profane and idle babblings. Also, he told him, guard your faith against the contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. What is falsely called knowledge. Nowadays, many people say, this is the knowledge. This is the truth. The knowledge is no creation. There is no creator. But anything against God, it is falsely called knowledge. So the Bible is asking all of us to guard our faith and to defend our faith against the contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. Also, he said to him, guard the faith against striving about words to no profit. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 14. Striving about words to no profit. All the churches, all the denominations use the same Bible. The same text. But why we have different denominations? Because it's striving about words. And he said to no prophet. Because the twisted interpretation of the scripture. The twisted translation of the scripture. The same also is happening with early church fathers. Not only with the scripture. But many people who call themselves the arbitristic, they quote early church fathers and they twist it, twist the meaning, twist the, inter the interpretation, exactly as what some people do with the Bible. And we are called to guard that which was committed to your trust against striving about words to no prophets. So we need to be alert. When we say you are Christian and we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, this means we believe in His Word and we believe in the right interpretation of His Word. And this faith is so precious. Our fathers shed their blood to keep the faith. And now it's our turn to guard that which was committed to our trust. People actually who accept the profane and idle babblings, or people who accept the contradictions of what is falsely called the knowledge, or people who accept the twisted interpretation of the scripture or of the writing of early church father, they expose themselves to many dangers. 
The first danger, as St. Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 21, some have strayed concerning the faith. People who start to believe in what is falsely called the knowledge, gradually they strayed away from the faith. And gradually, they claimed they are atheists or agnostic. They don't believe in God. In uh, Hebrew chapter 11, verse 3, it's a very important verse. St. Paul says, By faith, we understand that the words were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. If you want to understand how this world is formed by faith, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. But people, for example, who start to believe in what is falsely called knowledge. A theory that has no foundation. A theory that did not answer the very important question, who is the origin of life? The evolutionists cannot answer this question. Nobody answered this question. Who is the origin, or what is the origin of life? You cannot understand the creation except by faith. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. By faith, we understand that the things which are seen, what we see now, whether in the space, or on earth, or in sea, what we see, were not made of things which are visible. There was, not, there was no something visible, and from this being or substance that's visible, the world it was framed. No. It was framed from nothing. That's what St. Paul said. That the things which are seen now were not made of things which are visible. But to understand this is by faith. When you believe in God, then your mind will be enlightened and you can understand the creation. But people who believe in what is falsely called the knowledge, according to St. Paul, they have strayed concerning the faith. The second danger he said in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 16, they increase to more ungodliness. They increase to more ungodliness. <laughs> Think about in the 70s when the sexual revolution started. And compare what happened in the 70s and what's happening right now. And you can see this verse, increase to more ungodliness. 
You can see the profanity. You can see the pornography. You can see how people reject the economy of God about sexuality. They are rebelling against everything. They are rebelling against God. If God creates me a man and I say no, I am a woman, I'm rebelling against God. They are increasing to more ungodliness. That's what St. Paul said. And you can see the sexual immorality right now. How it's invading the whole world. The third danger St. Paul mentioned in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14, about striving about words. He said, to no prophets, you will not benefit anything when you twist the truth, when you twist the word of God in order to justify your belief. He, he said, striving about words to no profit, but rather to ruin the hearers. So people who twisted the word of God, they ruined themselves and they ruined those who followed them. Because they led them in the wrong way. They led them against the economy of God and against the faith which God gave us as a trust. Guard that which was committed to your trust. And the last danger, according to St. Paul, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 17, unfortunately, he said, their message will spread like cancer. We see the ungodliness. We see sexual immorality. We see atheism. We see homosexuality. Transgenderism. Are spreading like cancer. Not only in the West, but everywhere in the world is spreading like cancer. Like cancer, according to St. Paul, in two things. Number one, how it spread everywhere. And number two, cancer leads to what? Death. So they are destroying themselves. They are destroying their eternal life. That's why St. Paul told us, guard that which was committed to your trust. These challenges are around us. We are called to guard our faith. In some translation, it is said, guard the deposit. As if God gave us this faith as a deposit. We need to invest it. We need to teach our children the true faith and the sound doctrine. What which was committed to you can be understood on two levels. The personal level and the church level. Each one of us received the grace of the Holy Spirit and received our faith as a trust. 
Are you guarding the grace of the Holy Spirit? Are you guarding your faith or not? Imagine if I give you some money and I, I tell you, please keep, keep this for me until I return back. And then you waste it. This is unfaithfulness. God trusted us with this faith. Why? Because this faith is what leads to salvation. If we lost this faith, then we are risking our salvation and the salvation of others. Are we guarding the faith on a personal level? And also on the church level, our spirituality, our faith, our heritage. During these days, we are fasting the fast of the apostles. And we remember our father, the apostles. Our father, the apostles, guarded the faith. And they died. All of them were tortured. And all of them, except St. John, were martyred. They shed their blood for the faith. And their successors, until after 2,000 years, we received this trust of faith, pure. It's now our turn to deliver what we received to the next generation. You know, the torch bearer is the one who carries a torch in the forefront of a campaign or movement. So our father, the apostles, were the torch bearers. They carried the torch of faith. And they passed down this faith from generation to generation till it reached our generation. Now, we need actually to pass this torch to the next generation by guarding this faith. Guard which was committed to your trust. God trusted. Imagine if I tell you, I trust you with this. Keep it. You should not run. We need to be ready to protect and to guard the faith. Number one, by knowing it, studying it, understanding the pure faith, then guard it and pass it on to the following generation. One of the beautiful verses in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. It's easy to remember the reference. 2, 2, 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. St. Paul said to Timothy, And all things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So who told him, what you heard from me, so Paul passed it to Timothy, what you heard from me. Commit these to faithful men. Timothy should pass on the faith to faithful men 
who will be able to teach others also. Those also will pass on to others and so on from generation to generation. But you may tell me, everyone claims that they are carrying or holding the true faith. How can we know? Is there a way to know the truth? Is there a way to know which church or which denomination or which group are serious carrying the pure faith which God revealed to us? Yes, we can know the truth because the truth is God. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the Holy Spirit, he sent us, he is the spirit of truth. And he told us, the spirit of truth will teach you. So, to know the truth, number one, you need to have a godly life, a very strong relationship with God. If you don't have this personal relationship with God, and you start studying books and comparing between books to find the truth, actually, you will trouble yourself and you will be more confused. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, St. Paul said, God does not want to confuse us. So, without having a godly life and personal relationship with God and have the Holy Spirit in you, the spirit of discernment, regardless how many master degrees or doctorates you have, you will be confused. That's why in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, verse 12, King Solomon said, And further, my son, be admonished by this, of making many books there is no end. And much study is wearisome to the flesh. So if you are studying and reading, without having the fear of God, without having relationship with God, it will be wearisome to the flesh. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. King Solomon is saying, Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's will. I'm not belittling the studying, by the way. I'm not belittling the reading. But what I'm saying, reading and studying, without fearing God, without godly life, will confuse you. You will be straight. That's number one. He is the truth. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. After this, study the scripture. And as King Solomon said, fear God and keep his commandments. Fear God and keep his commandments. Study the scripture. You, the Holy Spirit in you 
will enlighten your mind to understand the scripture. But you will find some letters, some gospels, some books difficult to understand. I agree with you. Then you need actually to go to the early church fathers. And why I'm saying early church fathers? Because at that time the church was not split. The faith was the same everywhere. And read the fathers themselves. Don't read those who wrote about the fathers. Don't read those who tell you the fathers said. Go and read the fathers themselves. And thank God now many, many writings of the early church fathers are available for free on the internet. Many, many commentaries on the scripture by early church fathers are available with very, very low cost. All of us, in order to graduate from college or grad school, we studied many, many books. So let's pay some attention to study the scripture. Let us give it some time to guard that which was committed to your trust. Read the church fathers and understand them and see what they practiced in church history. How the church history lived the gospel. For example, give one, one, one little example. In the first four centuries, read it in the, script, in the church history, how they perceived communion. Whether they perceived it as the real body and real blood of our Lord Jesus Christ or just a symbol. If the early church fathers and the church, according to the church history, they believed and they understood that the Eucharist is the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, anybody says against this, then they are twisting the truth, striving about words, as St. Paul said. So, live a godly life, study and read the scripture, read early church fathers. You will know the truth. You will know which group is preaching the truth of the scripture. So, can we know the truth? Can we know which faith is right? Yes, you can know. Some people will tell you, why you are making this split? All of us just, let's accept one another. This is wrong. This is not the Spirit of God. Let's go to the scripture again to see whether what we are doing 
is wrong or right. When St. Paul says, if anyone comes to you with another teaching, even if he is an angel, let him be accursed. St. Paul did not say just accept everyone and accept all religions. He did not say this. St. John, the apostle of love, said, if anyone comes to your house with a different teaching, don't greet him. Because those who greet him, they participate in his evil work. That's what the scripture is teaching. And as I told you, our reference is the word of God. That's why some people right now, because we say our reference is the word of God, they say, but the word of God is fallible. The Bible is fallible. Who said the Bible is infallible? How can I accept we judge the word of God as fallible? How can I accept after the Bible tells me and not a single word was written by the will of man but the holy man of God spoke inspired by the Holy Spirit. So every word is inspired by the Holy Spirit. How can you say it's fallible? But when they say it's fallible they can justify the evolution versus creation. They can justify homosexuality. They can justify everything if the word of God is fallible. That's why now there is attack on the word of God. And St. Paul is saying, guard that word which was committed to your trust. Guard the word of God. Yes, God doesn't need us to guard it. God will guard his word and the faith. But it's our responsibility if we believe and if received this trust from God, it's our responsibility to defend it. As St. Peter said in First Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. Always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that's in you with meekness and fear. Always be ready to defend the word of God, your faith. Then the last point, how to guard that which was deposited to our trust. What are the practical points? And St. Paul also answered this question. In, first, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, he said, For I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until the day. So, here there is mutual commitment. God committed the faith to us and he entrusted us with the faith. And we commit our life 
to God. As St. Paul said, he is able to give what I have committed to him. What St. Paul committed to him? His life. We commit to God our life. He told us the commitment that he gave us. This is the faith that will save you. In, in return, we told him, we believe that this is the faith that will save me. And by this, I am committing my life to you. I'm committing my salvation to you. So, commit yourself to God in order to be able to guard that which was committed. The second point, we read it in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. He said, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. You cannot defend the faith in an ungodly way. Some people now who claim they defend the true faith, they curse, they belittle others, they humiliate others, they put down others. And my question, is this pleasing to God? Are they presenting themselves approved to God? As I said, your godly life will make you know the truth. So, a person who is putting others down, humiliating others, cursing them, cannot be holding the true faith. That's why St. Paul said to Timothy, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. Walk in the fear of God. Keep the commandments of God. Don't seek the approval of men. Rather, seek the approval of God. The third point he said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2.15 Present yourself a worker who does not need to be ashamed. Present yourself a worker who does not need to be ashamed. What makes us ashamed? Again, if I give you a deposit money and I, in your trust, then you lost it. You'll be ashamed. That's why he said, a worker who does not need to be ashamed. God entrusted us with gifts, trust us with faith. Be diligent, be faithful, be wise in your stewardship and your responsibility. You will not be ashamed in the last day. So, when we are faithful and wise in our stewardship and responsibility, why faithfulness and wisdom? If you have a business and you hire a manager to this business, what are the two important qualities you expect in this manager? Faithfulness and wisdom. Because without wisdom, the business will lose. And without faithfulness, actually, 
he will steal the profit from you. That's why the Lord, when he spoke about stewardship, he said, who is the wise and faithful steward? When we are wise and faithful, we will not be ashamed. The first point in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, he said, rightly handling the word of truth. Rightly handling the word of truth. As I told you, some people twist the word of truth. But we, in order to guard that which was committed to us, we need to rightly handle the word of truth. To rightly understand it from early church father. And to rightly apply it for ourselves and for others. Rightly handling the word of truth. The fifth point he said to Timothy, shun and avoid profane and idle babblings. He said this twice in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 16 and in 1 Timothy 6 20. Don't waste your time reading or discussing these profane and idle babblings. The truth is known. The truth is known. It's waste of your time and energy. If somebody is asking to learn, yes, we can discuss. But if somebody just coming to argue and to fight and to make tension, avoid and shun these profane and idle babbles. Then he told him, Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. He told him, I deliver the faith to you. Then hold fast the pattern of sound words. All of us, we learned in Sunday school. When we come to church every Sunday, we listen to sermons. We read many books written by our fathers. So there is faith you received. Hold the fast, study it, keep it in your heart, preach it to others and defend it. Study it, keep it and live it, preach it and defend it. Then the last point he told him, 2 Timothy 1.14, The good things which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. So I cannot keep that which was committed to our trust by my intelligence or by my studies. No. Keep it by the Holy Spirit which dwells in us. Again, Without asking the grace of God, without praying, without being filled with the Holy Spirit, without keeping the Holy Spirit active in us, not quenched, not grieved, then I will be able to guard the deposit. 
Because the Holy Spirit will teach you in that day when people actually try to challenge you. Will teach you in that day the words which you ought to say. He is the Spirit of truth. So, God is sending us this message as our fathers, the apostles, kept that which was trusted to them. Now it is our time to guard and to keep that which was committed to us and also to pass it on to the next generation. May the Lord enlighten our mind and our hearts and fill us with the Holy Spirit to be able to be strong, to be able to be brave, to face all these challenges and to defend our faith, to defend that which was committed to our trust. So we will have the eternal inheritance with all the apostles and saints. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.